Powers of the Fury is brought to you by Red Nation Online. Find us on Twitter at Red Nation Online and at OIT Fury. Sapiri episode 76. This week we get a special episode. We get to talk to Jay Bindi. He's the assistant coach of the Fury Senior Academy and the head coach of the Junior Academy. He speaks to us about the PLSQ, his time in Turkey, and the long-term goals of the Academy. We'll be back next week with our regular show. So welcome to Ours is the Fury. Um, tonight we are lucky enough to have uh, on the show with us Jay Bindi, who is the uh, Senior Academy uh, Assistant Coach and the Junior Acad- Fury Academy Head Coach. Welcome, Jay. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. Um, so my first question, um, for, well, first of all, I guess, uh, the Fury Senior Team, Senior Academy, uh, won their game on the weekend against Long- Longuel? Yeah, Longuel. Longuel. Yeah. <laughs> I've never pronounced that correctly. <laughs> um, so congratulations on that win. Thank you. Um, excellent job. Um, so we've been kind of following along with the, the Academy through the season. Um, and we were just curious uh, what, about what are some of the goals that the Academy is working towards this season? Um, so the Academy is working on the same goals that it's been since it started day one um, with the new regime. Uh, it's been very clear from day one that the organization has been very determined to give Canadian and Ottawa players an opportunity uh, to get to the next level and provide a platform um, at, that started with Mark and Philip coming in and laying out the groundwork for the first team in the academy. Mm-hmm. Um, Philip kind of stepped in and created the blueprint uh, of what the academy would look like with the obstacles and uh, the resources we had. Uh, we had to be very creative. Um, so year one was successful. As Philip left, the uh, work carried on. Uh, with Paul coming in, uh, with Darko leading, everything kind of stayed the same. We still had the same model of giving a platform of players between the ages of 15 and 19 to grow in the environment and eventually train with the first team. And the ultimate goal is to play for the first team. So with the the Junior Academy, those players are uh, how old do they get uh, placed on that team? So they start at 15. Okay. So they're 15, 16, going on 17. Okay. And then for the senior academy? 17, 18, 19. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah. So how have you seen the connection with the first team um, influencing or benefiting the academy? I think we've been very lucky in the Ottawa Fury to, to have such a good connection with the first team in the academy. Uh, going back to Philip and Mark, um, how the relationship they had 
on the field, off the field. Um, you know, we kind of shared resources, shared methodology, shared ideas about what the Ottawa Fury player needs to have, needs to look like. And then carrying on to now Paul stepping in, we've kind of carried the same thing. Um, he's shared us his ideas, his views of the game. Um, and I think we've been very lucky to have such a tight staff uh, where we're all very close and we all communicate on a daily basis. We all share ideas. Uh, and it's not too big of an academy where you know people are isolated and staff only sees each other once in a while. We're in communication every day. So I think that really is makes us unique and gives us a different type of player development area. Right, definitely. Um, so then are the um, are the, the academy players, are they ever training with the first team on a regular basis? Yes, since day one, uh, Mark and Philip have provided training opportunities. And uh, the first year there was consistently two or three. Year two was the same idea. And then even with Paul coming in, Usually one to four players would train with the first team about once or twice a week. And it's a great opportunity for the players. The players love it. Uh, they get to be in front of the first team coach's eyes. They get to train with the professionals. They get to be in that kind of environment um, and feel a bit more what they're trying to achieve. Yeah, that's great. So uh, speaking about the first team, Jay, uh, you also do game day analysis for, uh, for the first team. Can you go into a little bit of depth about what's involved in that? Yeah, so um, Nikola Leposavich came in uh, in May, I believe, and that was his role to be the first team anal analysis to do opposition, uh, post-game, all that stuff to work with the first team. Uh, unfortunately, he had to leave for personal reasons, so I kind of just stepped in on an interim basis. Um, I was working with Nicola doing it while he was here, kind of for my own personal development to learn. Um, so I was kind of comfortable with the program and, and the idea of how Paul wanted to do the analysis. So I just stepped in on an interim basis uh, to help the first team out to practice my development um, until someone would come in and, and come in on a permanent basis in that role. So it's more of a post-match uh, yeah, analysis. So it's not like live calls during the game, or no. It's uh, so. Let's say there's Jacksonville this weekend. Uh, I would put together uh, a package of videos. Um, then we would sit down, myself, Martin Nash, Bruce, talk about the videos. Uh, we'd put it all into a presentation based on the template that Paul's given us, presented to the players as a presentation leading up to the opposition for the game. And then the day after the game, we would put together just a few clips of the game we just played, you know, areas that we need to improve on, areas we did well in. Okay. Do you, do you also have uh, data like uh, how much they ran during the game, any kind of trackers like that? or That's all tracked, yeah, in a, in a database. Um, so... It's uh, We have a lot of very good resources with the first team uh, to use in terms of information of, of players, information of play, information of opposition. Um, so 
there was a lot of resources that we use and there's a lot of resources that we didn't use just because there's so much right so it, with uh with the plsq and and the academy teams um do you have any access to those resources like can you use uh some of the equipment to uh get some stats on on the academy players we haven't really gone into that uh, we never really practiced that from the beginning um it's something that we didn't really explore, no. Uh, so it's kind of like a different philosophy uh, between the two. Like you're more yeah. working on developing the skills and the... Exactly. It's where... a lot of on-field stuff. Okay. okay. Um, just a question about uh, some of your experience. Um, I, we're reading that you did an internship with Fenerbahce. So we're just curious about um, something that you learned from there and what you brought to Ottawa um, maybe some of the differences between uh, football here, between here and Turkey. Yeah, so I was lucky and blessed enough to have the opportunity to go to Turkey for a month, uh, where my family is from, and do three internships. One was being Fenerbahce, and uh, it was amazing. It's such a like priceless experience that I'll cherish for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. From the moment I walked in, it was I was like a kid in the candy store. <laughs> It was just every day living and breathing the culture, the mentality of being in a top European club's academy system. Um, I was there every day with, with the staff on field, off the field, meetings, video, you name it. We would, I, I would arrive there at 8 in the morning and leave at 10 at night, mm-hmm. spend my whole days there. Um, some differences that I found... In the players, just they had culture and just a mentality. Like they were born into it, that they just had this love for football and they knew that that's what they wanted to do and there was nothing else. They were so humble. They had such a very good training mentality, very good morals, uh, fantastic kids off the field. And I find that really translated on the field. Mm-hmm. Nice. The way they moved the ball, the speed of play, uh, the way they were organized, the way they worked as a team. And I feel like, and I did some sessions with the younger kids and they instilled that at the young age groups from U9. They were, you know, the same methodologies, the same morals, the same values. And that player grows in the academy till they get to the reserve team. Yeah, exactly. Um, just speaking about a few younger players, um, is there anything that um, I know there was a mention of a program a little while ago that the Fury are doing? Um, some, I think it was called First Touch or something. Can you explain a little bit about uh, what the Fury are doing for some younger players in Ottawa? Yeah, so now uh, we ran the First Touch program for a number of years. Now the club uh, has leaned away towards that and developed a new program called the Fit Program. Um, and that's run by Audra Sherman, who's uh, really in charge of a lot of the community development stuff. I'm not too familiar with, with those programs and um, and the way those things are worked, so I don't want to misquote. Uh, she'd be a perfect person to talk to about that stuff. Mm-hmm. I do know that uh, she's been working very hard and the club has been working very hard, uh, reaching out to the community, um, working with the community clubs, trying to bring everybody you know, together and, and 
really have a feel for the Ottawa Fury. Uh, I believe that, you know, we're not a Toronto, we're not a Montreal with the huge population. I feel like it's going to take everybody in the city to make this thing a good, solid, competing, excellent running club. Right. So the idea is to uh, maybe channel some of the other soccer programs into the Fury program as they, as they get older? Kind of the idea. Uh, kind of just bringing them into the, you know, developing like an affinity with the Ottawa Fury. For example, when I was in Fenerbahce, all the kids in that area, they were born into it. Their their fathers were diehard Fenerbahce fans, so they passed it on to their kid. And since they were babies, they would wear Fenerbahce like clothes and, and little shoes and little hats. And they really had this like affinity for the club and the crest that they wore in their shirt meant so much to them. Um, and I feel like that's kind of what we need to build here uh, to a certain extent of, of kids coming to the games, kids wearing the stuff, kids following, um, and kids expire, insp- aspiring to become the next Ottawa Fury player. Yeah, that's, and be all about the crest, right? Be, exactly. Yeah, and I think it, re- it really helps with the uh, new signings like uh, Dixon and Tiso. I where, agree. Where you got these local players, and it's like, you know, guys that played for the program I'm in, or, you know, or... And now, like, those kids can be like, I could play for the Ottawa Fury. That's, like, something that can happen. Yeah. So it means a lot. Definitely. Definitely. I just want to ask you about the PLSQ. Um, The the first season was a challenging one as far as the table is concerned. And and, uh, it seemed like the the Fury team, the academy, is a lot younger. Like, you you have some ex-professional, some ex-national team players playing the PLSQ. And... uh, it was uh, just wondering how you feel, like how it's going in the PLSQ, because it's the second year now, and um, it's the same kind of thing. Like we have the first two wins this season, but at the, at the same time, it's there are a lot older players, a lot more. Uh, well, just weight. I'm sure the players are outweighed. Yeah, <laughs> but um, and you see, you see, like you know, professionals that played in the NASL, like like we saw Philippe last weekend. Uh, yeah, get two yellows and get sent off. But um, <laughs> like, what what's that? Is it a challenge for for the kids being? It um, so playing in the PLSQ, in my eyes, I think it's challenging and a blessing at the same time. Uh, there's pros and cons to playing in the league. I find we go we went in it with day one with realistic expectations of how we do. We don't pay attention too much to the standings. Um, the players adapt. I find a lot of the players that came from other clubs to us, it took them a while to adapt just from playing their own age to playing an unlimited age of players. Um, you're right, we do get outweighed. Uh, athletically, some of our players' bodies are just not that developed as a 24, 25-year-old. Um, but every game we compete... Uh, both senior and junior, they they've been in all the games. Uh, some with the score reflecting that, some with the score not reflecting that. But there hasn't been one game where we've been completely dominated on the scoreboard on the field. Um, the players get to experience a really competitive schedule, uh, week in and week out with games. Uh, the cup format, 
for the senior academy that play in the first Palescu division. Um, and I think for me, the biggest blessing that we get to have by playing in this league is players don't get away with things as they would playing their own age. You know, little little mistakes or, or little cheeky plays that, yeah, you might be able to get away with in, in, a, in a different league. You wouldn't get away with against a guy who played in the national program and he's a 25-year-old. Uh, you wouldn't get away with it against a team like Utremont, who's very organized, very disciplined, um, and has a lot of quality on the field. So yeah. they have to find different ways, different yeah. ways to get the ball out of pressure, different ways to get into the other team's half, different ways to defend. Yeah, you see, you see the players are like the improvement from the start of the year, even like because they they're facing such strong competition. Yeah, um, we also wanted to ask you like why the PLSQ and why not League One Ontario? Is it just because geographically, like it's most of the teams are based in the Montreal area, so it's only a two-hour drive, or is it? Is there another reason why? Yeah, so all the options were explored uh, when this project was being put together. Um, and when it came down to League One versus PLSQ, it just came down to what made more sense. Uh, and you're right, geographical is one of them. You know, in driving five hours, let's say, to Toronto to play one game and driving back five hours, you're asking a lot of, of an individual. Um, also, you know, if the game is at five, by the time you get out of there, it's it's closer to eight, nine, and then travel back, get in at whatever hours of the night. Right. Uh, so the PLSQ made more sense. It's a good league, growing league, structured, organized, um, and the geographical just makes sense. We get on the bus mid-morning and we arrive at nighttime. Yeah, and there's a, there's a team going in Quebec City next year. Yes, will will be the furthest well, uh, team, but it's only yeah. only four hours. Will be the furthest. Where in League One Ontario, Thunder Bay is actually joining. So we'll have Thunder Bay, Windsor, London. Quite yeah, it's it's it's, it's a lot. I, I feel like especially, you know, we're not uh, we don't have guys in their twenties. We we have kids that are in school, and the league starts early, right? Yeah. Uh, so you're asking a lot from from a 15 year old to to do all that travel. Plus, it sucks sitting on a bus when you're sore for five hours, or you got knocks and and you're just tired and you want to go home. Oh, definitely. We probably get like lots of muscle cramps and stuff. Yeah. Um, well, our final question, um, which we always love asking people, um, is where do you see football in Canada in the next 10 years? And what do you think might need to be changed? Uh, first thing, I f see it growing as it already has been. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, five, back, five years back when, when I was growing up and playing soccer till today, it's like a new world uh, with the pro clubs coming in, with the Auto Fury, um, with the big investments in, in the MLS, um, the Montreal Impact. Um, it's growing and growing and growing. More money is being put into it. More kids are joining. Uh, the talent is getting much better. Kids are getting more exposure. I find it's in a very positive direction. What, th what I think we could do more to improve it um, is everybody develop more of a culture. Uh, I still find we're very 
hockey culture and, and that's going to take time maybe 100 years maybe 200 years <laughs> who knows but um and also investment when i was in Fenerbahce, you know all, all the club owners they invest money into their clubs they'll go into hundreds of millions of dollars into debt but they'll invest um big sponsorships will invest uh, so there's a lot of investment financially. Yeah, that's good. I sometimes see that linked with culture as well. Like the more it becomes popular, the more people will take a chance and invest on it. So exactly. Those things will develop in time. I hope. Um, well, thank you for joining us today. It's been, we learned a lot about uh, the Academy program and um, where can we find you online or, or where can we find out more about the Ottawa Fury Academy? Um, you can find a lot on the PLSQ website. They do a very good job of posting um, pre-game, post-game stats, interviews. They're all in French. Uh, so I don't know if you guys understand or speak French. But uh, they're very, very adamant and, and invested in giving information to the public. So I think that's your best source. PLSQ website, PLSQ Twitter. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we'll be at the next game. We'll see you there. Perfect. Thank you very much, guys. You can find us on Twitter at OIT Fury, Facebook, or email us directly at our Sissy Fury Podcast at gmail.com. Once again, I'd like to thank Jay Bindi for being our guest. He is the Fury Academy senior assistant coach and the junior head coach. Uh, he talked a lot about building the culture of football in Canada, and I think that's a very important thing. Um, it's something that I've seen change a lot in the last 10 years, but it, it still has a long way to go. And I think it's just just creating that football culture is a whole, whole bunch of things. Like It's just things like what happens on the message boards, what happens game day, what happens uh, coaches getting their proper licenses. And, uh, the, and the kids getting the training they deserve. Um, I think if you want to be involved more with uh, the Ottawa Fury Academy, one of the best things to do is go to the games and, and check them out. Um, they have a game coming up August 21st at Mont Bleu Stadium. That's in uh, Gatineau. The game is going to be at 5 o'clock. These games are always they're always exciting between these two teams. And if, if you think Gatineau is too far for you to travel... Um, they'll be playing at the University of Ottawa Raven Road, August 28th, and they're playing Lakeshore SC. And then Lakeshore is a team, uh, a new team in the league, and it's a team that the Fury have traditionally done very well against in the past. So come out to Academy Games, support these kids. They're they're the future NASL, MLS, Team Canada stars. So you know maybe be a little ahead of the curve. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, Tim will be back next week, and we'll have our regular episode. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.